Hi, welcome to Eurocron. I'm your host, Scott Pitney. Eurocron is a podcast where we chronicle extraordinary people and their extraordinary stories. Our goal is simple, entertain, inspire, educate, and at times humor our audience while our guests build their audio legacy. So let's get right to our next extraordinary story. to visit with my next guest on your cron, Nicole Danielle Cohen. Nicole's alma mater is Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, class of 1995. Nicole is an artist and an alumna of the Pratt Institute in Brooklyn, New York. As an artist, Nicole has the urge to use her visual voice. And after the tragic shooting that killed 17 people at MSD Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, where she attended, Nicole really wanted to do something to spread love. Nicole, welcome to your crime. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to have you and an honor to have you on the show. I'm really excited to speak to you. And um, um, first of all, I should say uh, or give a big shout out to our mutual friend, Heather, for connecting us. Hi, Heather. And thank you. Hi, Heather. Heather. Heather's awesome. Um, So where is a good place to start your extraordinary story? Um, Well, you, you kind of just talked about it a little bit in the intro. I um I basically um after the the shooting that happened in Las Vegas at the at the concert, um when the fifty eight people died, I I was really pretty pretty destroyed by that. Like I was really heartbroken. I mean I go see a lot of music. Um, you know, I'm not a country fan, country music fan, but I, I go to a lot of concerts. Um, my whole life I've been, you know, since I was in high school, I've been going to see lots of music. I've traveled to see music. And so just, um, imagining what those people were going through, uh, in, in a place like that, where you're just like, you know, letting loose and just having a good time and you're listening to music and like, I couldn't even, um, I couldn't even imagine that. And so I, um, I, I'm an artist and I paint. Um, I went to school at Pratt and I studied jewelry design and sculpture and painting. Uh, and right now I, I do a lot of painting. And so after that happened, I just, I went into my studio and I just, um, I just started painting hearts. Like I was just really, uh, cool to, to just paint hearts and, I um I did that for a while, like for a couple of days, I guess. I mean, it, it wasn't like straight, you know, <laughs> twenty four hours, right. but yeah. So I um, and then I remembered, um, I remembered uh, this project that my my very good friend and mentor June Aaron, she's an artist. And I worked for her when I was at school at Pratt. I met her in 2001, and I ended up working for her for almost 12 years as her assistant, on and off. You know, like throughout the the time that I lived in New York, whenever she would need me. Mm-hmm. And we're very close. Um, she's an amazing woman and um, very inspiring to me. And she, after 9-11, she started the Healing Hearts Project. So that is, that's why it's called the Healing Hearts Project 2 mm-hmm. now. And when I was painting the hearts in the studio, I remembered the Healing Hearts Project and I called her right away and I, I asked her uh, if she wanted to do, if she, if she thought that she'd want to do it again, you know, and we talked about it and she she said that, um, you know, it's a lot of work and she just has a lot going on right now, but she would, she would be honored and like love for me to do it. And she, we talked about it 
and she explained to me how she did it. And, you know, when she did it in 2001, we didn't have Facebook and we didn't have all the social media. So she, she had email and, um, she ended up getting, um, a lot of hearts, like a, a thousand, over a thousand hearts, but it took her a little longer. It took her a few years to get the hearts because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not as everything's so quick now, you know, sure. with social media. So, um, her project, uh, she, so, so basically she, she told me what she did and, um, I wrote out a, I wrote this, um, kind of like, it was like a call for hearts, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I posted it on Facebook and it just expressed and explained like what I was doing. Um, and I sent it to June first so she could read it and she, you know, she told me what she thought and I edited some of it because I, I'll, I'll, like, I'll, I can just talk and talk and write and, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like ram, ramble on forever. So she was like, <laughs> you might want to shorten it a little, you know, people's uh, attention span. <laughs> most, most people probably won't. Most people probably didn't even read like the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. Well, that's the trait of an artist, right? I mean, just your cre- yeah, creativity, yeah. once it starts flowing, it just flows, right? Yeah. You're just kind of going with it. So, right. so I posted, um, I, po- I posted just this call for heart on my Facebook page. And we also, this was, oh, oh wait, sorry. Let me backtrack actually. Sure. Cause I kind of, Afterwards, there. Sure. Um, I didn't do this after Las Vegas. We talked about this um, after what happened in Las Vegas, uh, and I was going to do it. And then we had the hurricane here in Florida, um, and we had to evacuate. So we like left for a couple weeks. Uh, we came back, and then the Me Too movement happened, and there was just like all this stuff happening in the world, and not that I forgot about it, but I kind of like was, I wasn't sure with the hearts, like what I should, I was like, maybe I should do it for the Me Too movement, you know, because that's something that everybody's really feeling like heartbroken about also. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it really touches that, that the whole Me Too movement is very uh, personal to me also. So I, I was kind of conflicted and like, should I, should I do it now? Or, you know, and so then, and there was just so much happening in the world. And then I, uh, I kind of just like sat on it for a little bit. And then when February 14th happened last year, I was just like shocked. I couldn't even believe what was happening. Like I was at home and my son was here. It was after school and, um, you know, he's in first grade and, just like watching it, like I couldn't even believe that it was like real, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know like the hallways in the school and, you know, I haven't, I graduated in 1995, so it's been a long time, but like, you know, your high school, it's like where your whole life is, uh, so much of your life is like started there, you know, like all your friends and, um, you you know, you learn so much about yourself and, and everything. And so I, I knew like right away, I was like, this is, I need to do this. And I, I texted June and I said, I'm going to do this. And so then that's when I wrote out the, the call for hearts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's when I did it. Um, And I explained how I was going to do it for Vegas. I explained kind of what I just explained to you and, um, uh, and I posted it and I posted it like about a week after or yeah, about a week after the shooting, I posted it mm-hmm. and I, my initial, my initial, um, idea for it was that I, it was after they had already, um, talked about doing a march for our lives. Mm-hmm. And so my, I did the call for hearts and, um, I posted it, posted it on my page. I posted it. Um, some of my friends shared it on their page and then right away after the shooting happened at Douglas, 
we had an alumni group that started called um, Mobilizing MSD Alumni. So the Mobilizing MSD um, Facebook page started, and there's over 11,000 MSD alumni on that page. And, like, some of the teachers and the students that, that are there now are on it. So I posted it to that page. And so there's breakoffs. Like, there's, there's groups that broke off from there, like MSD alumni in Washington, D.C., you know, like, different cities have their own alumni also. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but that's like the main group is the mobilizing MSG. And I, um, yeah, so I posted the call for heart and they announced the, they had announced the March for Our Lives on March 24th. Mm-hmm. They were going to have one in DC and they were having one at Douglas up in Parkland. Mm. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to go to DC my son is in school and everything. And so I, um, I was asking for people to send a part so I could do the installation at the March at Douglas. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really like know what I was doing, you Mm -hmm. know, because I mean, June kind of talked me through like what she did, but I really didn't have any idea. Like, am I going to be able to even go bring the hearts? Are they going to let me like set it up? You know, (laughs) like I didn't know what was going to, the situation was going to be like there. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was kind of going to be like, it was basically like a renegade style, like flash mob installation, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, the march was Saturday. I believe it was on a Saturday. And Friday night, I went there and a couple other alumni who I'm friends with on Facebook, you know, you're, you have a lot of friends on Facebook but I hadn't actually seen them since like high school, mm-hmm. mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so uh, they came and, and met me there mm-hmm. and they helped me set it up <clears throat> and it was nighttime and nobody said anything. And I set it up like right um, where they were going to be marching by the school and they had already put uh, 17 crosses. So it was like right next to the crosses, mm. like down a little past the crosses. I don't know if you saw any photos of of like what it looked like at the school, but they had like banners on the fences and um and so then it was it was I had so for the March I had already received four hundred and twenty two hearts from like all over the country. People I've never even met sent me hearts like and I don't you know, I guess they just like heard about it and I had already started a, a Facebook page so people were like able to see the the page, you know, the Healing Heart yeah. um, Project Part 2 Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And so people would message me and, and ask me, like, how do you, you know, how do I make the hearts or what, what do I do? And I got um, a P.O. box for the hearts so people could send the hearts to me. Mm-hmm. And so for the March, I got, I had 422 hearts. And that's why I just thought that that's what I was just going to do with the hearts. Like that was going to be the. That, and and I read, idea. yeah, and, and I read, um, quote, I was really shaken up and sad on, I couldn't even imagine how the family, students and teachers were feeling on February 20th, 2018. I put out a call on Facebook for handmade fabric hearts to help spread love in a time of such deep sadness, Nicole, was there um, was there anything specific uh, reason for it being a handmade fabric card, or was was that just kind of the artist in you, or or was there something significant to it being a handmade fabric card? Um, well, so the handmade fabric card is what um, June had used for the parts that she had. That for the Healing Hearts Project after 9-11, mm-hmm. when she did the project after mm-hmm. 9-11. Mm-hmm. And so the thing about the reason for that is, like, I, uh, they're the size of your hand. They're very small. Um, they're easy for, for you to travel with and move around as, like, an installation. And 
it's not expensive. Like I told people that they could use old shirts or, um, you know, so you don't have to buy material and it's not heavy to ship. And sewing is actually uh, very meditative um, and working with your hands. It's like something that people, most people know how to sew. I mean, people our age, I think, like we took home ec, you know, I don't, they don't really have that anymore. So like I'm finding like a lot of the students that I've been working with, like they don't really know how to sew, you know, because they haven't had home ec or anything. Mm. But I think, yeah, but I think most, most people know how to sew or can figure it's a very easy it's not like you're asking somebody to paint a picture which is like a little more intimidating for people like they're not as comfortable to like put themselves out there like that um and so it's and and it's and it's something nice because they can put a note inside um so nobody like you can put something inside that nobody can read or you can write something on the outside i said you know like you can decorate it however you'd like Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have notes, I have hearts with like notes inside, you know, I don't, I have no idea what they say. And then I have hearts that, um, some people embroidered by hand, like these, I mean, amazing. Like, I can't even believe some of these hearts that, um, people have made, uh, a neighbor that I hadn't even known. She lives like probably like five blocks away from me. My husband actually posted the call for hearts on our neighborhood we have like a neighborhood um, email and um, you know, like a little website, like the neighborhood website or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he posted, he posted it on there and she actually knew her. She has three kids who went to high school in Broward County here in Hollywood, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and she knew two of the students, like her kids knew, Few of the students, and mm. so she knew them, and it hit her really hard. Yeah. And she, and so she messaged me and was like, "I really want to make some hearts." Um, and I was like, "Oh, that'd be wonderful, you know." And thank you so much. And she was like, "So, so she would message me every once in a while and be like, okay, so I have like twenty hearts. Do you want any more?'" And I'm like, "If you feel like making hearts, like if it's making you feel, you know, if you're enjoying it, and it's like." helping you then or and you you want to keep doing it and she ended up making i think 238 hearts oh my goodness yeah because she was so like like she said that she would just sit there and like you know at night and she would just um when she was like watching a movie or you know watching tv or anything and she just said it was so like meditative and like I mean, her hearts are, she put, she put 17 hearts. She made 17 of them with the names of the students. And then the other ones say like love and peace and, you know, like MSD. And then like, I mean, they're gorgeous. Like they're really, really beautiful hearts. They're all really beautiful. But um, she's, I, I think she had already like known how to sew. <laughs> she knew how to sew already. So. Well, to, to your point about that. So speaking from personal experience for just a second, um, mm-hmm. I, I, prior to making my heart, I had only sewn a button and I'm sure when you saw my heart, that makes sense to you, Nicole. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? What did you say? I, I said that prior to making my heart, the most sewing I had ever done was sewing on a button. And I'm sure when you saw my when you when you saw my heart, what I just said makes a lot of sense. But uh, you know, it looks like yeah. Um, but your heart, your heart was beautiful. Well, like, it thank was you. Like, yes, yeah, but, 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 pink. It was gorgeous. I loved it. Well, thank you, thank you. The main reason I'm saying that is for your cron guests. So if you don't think you can sew. You can get get the, the the material, and like Nicole says, it's it's uh, it, it it is very therapeutic. And I will confess, though, that my wife gave me some help with threading the needle. Man, those holes are so small. But anyway, uh, once I got that, <laughs> I cut a very long yeah, piece of thread and I sewed it up, and it it is therapeutic and, uh, the, and for the a wonderful cause. The, the threading, yeah. yeah, the threading of the needle is like part of the. It's like the frustration, you know, and then you're like, you finally get the thread in and then you're like, ah, you're right. (laughs) There was a huge sense of relief after that, that, you know, after that thread went through, but, uh, man, uh, yeah, that, that is, that is so cool. And, and to, you know, get the finished product done and said, wow, I actually sewed something and to send it off to you. I felt great. 
Thank you. I mean, and I felt it felt great for you to send, like, for me to get it because I didn't, you know, I I, I've been getting hearts from. It's funny because, like, I I have since the the march, um, I people were like emailing me and messaging me and saying like, I haven't made my heart, but I really want to make one. Are you still collecting them? And so then I just kept saying yes to everybody. Like, if you want, you know, I'm I'm still collecting them. And so then I kind of extended the date to like the June, I think. And then um, by the time June came, I had like 800 hearts. Wow. Right. So from like March to June and people were still asking, like, are you still collecting hearts? And so then now at this point I have like over a thousand, I don't even know how many, how many hearts. Cause I just got like a bunch more. Um, like I keep getting them, you know, people just keep sending them. And so I, I have, definitely over a thousand I, I should probably count them and then I um yeah so I, I forget what we were talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, oh the, the the heart so when I when I get them and people like write a little note um they send them they write a little note and it's like now when I put the hearts out for the installation like I kind of remember who made the hearts? And it's like really kind of weird, I feel like for me, because it's 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 like really sweet, I think, in a way. Like I can kind of remember who made which hearts and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and and I just everybody that sent me um that has made the hearts has has expressed like how how it felt for them to make them and it was just it was it was helpful and, and healing in some way. And so that's why I just kind of am continuing the project because I feel like there's, you know, we, there's a lot going on in the world and, um, and it's nice to just spread love and, and try to, you know, try to yeah. just be loved. Yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> and <make> wonderful. Love. <laughs> that's wonderful as well. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, so uh, a little over a year has passed now, and how are are people responding now in general um, after after a year of uh, that the shootings has passed? I mean, so, what, what would you say the overall kind of emotion is in your area? Uh, with, it's, with, yeah. it's pretty heightened. Like, I went to Douglas. I went to MSD. We call it Douglas down mm, here, okay. <laughs> but um, Marty Salmon Douglas. We went to. I went to MSD. Oh, and I don't. I don't know if you've ever if you've ever heard of Marty Salmon Douglas or who she is. Um, but she's someone to to research if anybody out there doesn't know who she is. She's a pretty amazing woman um, for us down here in Florida. And going to her school was like kind of like a really cool honor. Mm-hmm. Um, she was an activist, and so I feel like uh, I feel like connected to her in a lot of ways. But um, so I went. So well, back to what we were talking about. Like I went to Douglas on the twelfth and thirteenth, so the two days before oops, the two days before the year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's not really an anniversary, uh, you know. Right. The year of the tragedy. And um, and so I went there to work with the yoga student, uh, yeah. with this woman named, the yoga teacher named Amy. Mm-hmm. And she had invited me to come because we had done a, we did like a little weekend on a Saturday. We, we went to the park and she did yoga with the students. And then I had all the hearts. Uh, all the materials set up um, at these tables. And so the students could come and I explained what I was doing. And a lot of the students hadn't heard about the Healing Hearts Project. And so when they saw all the hearts and heard about how all these people were sending hearts, you know, to send love to them and um, to show support, they were really touched by it. Like a lot of them were really, um, it was very emotional for them. And so when we did it at the park, Amy noticed that a lot of the students who had hadn't discussed the day that it happened, 
they had started talking while they were showing. And it was kind of just this like mindless, you know, you're doing like this mindless kind of you're showing and people are sitting and talking. And I, I feel like it's kind of like one of a very old, you know, women get around and they, they knit together and they sew. And um, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. So like, I feel like uh, Amy noticed that some of the kids started talking. And so she asked me to come to school because she wanted the other, all the other students she has. Uh, 250 yoga students and so that Saturday there was only about maybe 30 of them there so she wanted the other students to have the experience also and she thought it would help them so I went on the 12th and the 13th and for me it was like really intense because I had not been back to Douglas I I was there for the March on March 24th last year, but I didn't go in the school. So just going into the school was, was like, for me, it was kind of like this crazy flashback sort of uh, weird reality, you know? And then knowing like the, the, the intense emotion that was happening in the school because it was like two days before and then the day before and the security and the teachers and every, like you could just feel it. It was like, I mean, it was just really intense and heavy. Like heavy is kind of like the word that I could use. It was just, it was like palpable, you know, like you could just feel it. Everybody was, the emotions were just so high. And so I, um, so I you know, we we worked in the mini gym with the yoga students and I um for each class I kind of like introduce you know, I introduced myself and, and so you know, I would tell them I'm a uh you know, I went to school at Douglas, I graduated in nineteen ninety five and I would explain the hearts and I set up the heart installation and like I think them seeing all the hearts, like they couldn't believe. Like they were just so they were just so touched by it, you know, and Amy mentioned that she mentioned that, you know, cause they're in it, like they're just so in it mm-hmm. that the students don't really realize like that all these people have been like thinking about them or like supporting them in this way. And anyway, you know, cause, cause they're just, you know, when you're six, 15 or 16 or 17, it's like, you know, it's just kind of, you're like in this, in this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that it was, it was really nice for them to see it. And then also it was really nice for them to just, um, be able to make the hearts. And so what we did was we told the students that, well, not we told them, but what we wanted to do was, we wanted to make hearts for for um, the yoga studio in Tallahassee. That you know, did you hear about that in Tallahassee, yes. Florida, the yoga studio? Yes. So because they were yoga, you know, they're the yoga students for Douglas, and so we um, wanted to make hearts for the yoga studio in Tallahassee, and so then the students could give back, also in yeah. a way, and like have that connection you know and so they really enjoyed that and like um they decorated the hearts and some put notes inside and one of the one of the students actually was who for me was one of the most like intense um parts of this and she just wanted to stay through like second period she was in second period and then she asked me if she could stay for third period and then she wanted to stay through lunch and she like just kept wanting to make hearts. And it was like, she wanted to sit next to me and she was asking me like all about it and how to, you know, she was so sweet. And she was just like, you know, she was 16 and like, she saw, she basically was like there and she saw like a friend die. Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's like, It's so sad. And so a year later, I think it's like even 
it's just still like so raw, you know? Yeah. Like I can't even imagine being 15 years old and seeing, or even just being there in that situation. But like some of them saw, like some of them, you know, just witnessed that and they go back to school there and and it's just, I mean, it, it takes, it, I can't even believe, I can't even imagine how that, how they do that or how they, I know they want to be together, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's obviously something that's going to be in their mind the rest of their lives and, and to have to happen at such a, uh, such a young age and have that. So young. You. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that has, that was pretty pretty intense and um it, it made me realize though like doing it with them doing the hearts with them and like seeing how it is like it was affecting them and how and you know she the girl who who I was talking about she was she was like how you know she kind of asked me like how do you how do you afford like how are you able to do this like how have you been able to do this for the, the this last year and I was like you know kind of like well <laughs> actually been self-funding this the whole time but you know I'm starting to try to figure out like what I can do and she was like telling me like you know that I should do a GoFundMe and how she she was um it was just like the sweetest thing you know she's 16 years old and she was just kind of like trying to like help me <laughs> trying to solve the problem I mean yeah, uh, actually uh, yeah a lot of a lot of people well she was a victim of of what happened but but here she is trying to make the world better to help and, me. And not, yeah you know, so she was, she was like yeah she was like you know I, I'll put it on my Instagram and I'll tell everybody how how it helped me and I'll ask them to help don't like to, to donate to your GoFundMe. Like she was just like really trying to help me. It was like the sweetest thing. I and I can't stop thinking about her actually. Like I, I it, you know, I've been thinking about her a lot. I just I just want to like hug her and you know. Oh yeah. Like these kids, like I mean, so many of them. I mean, and she's just one of them. You know. So sweet. So sweet. Yeah. And, and so when Amy and I, um, in between class, uh, Amy and I actually were talking and, you know, uh, Amy started crying when we talked about it. Like, because the days before it was just, I mean, I know like every day is difficult, but definitely the days like right before it was really, really intense for everybody. And, um... And so Amy started crying and then the yearbook interviewed me like on video. And I just like, was trying to be really strong, you know, being there the whole time and um, with the students and everything. And it was like the yearbook students interviewing me and I started talking about it and I just like broke down and cried. Like I just couldn't, it was, it was like t- talking about how like, um, just being at the school and uh, seeing the building, like there's like a fence around the building. Yeah. Um, and they ha- they put banners up, you know, like all the banners that people sent them and everything. Mm. Um, and then, but just seeing the building, even, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It was it was intense. Yeah. But I feel like. I don't know. I know that the football coach actually, like I just read that he, um, he actually just put in his, his notice and he's going to transfer to a different school because it's, he can't, it's like too hard for him to deal with. Wow. I I don't blame him. I know. And and so then, and then you realize like, so, you know, I'm an alumni. I graduated in 1995 and, and I mean, I'm here, right? Like I happen to have just like moved back we moved back to Florida about five years ago. So like, had I not been here, maybe this would have, I wouldn't have been so close to it or connected or anything. I don't know. You know, you never know. Right. But, um, seeing all the alumni on my, on the Facebook page and what they're doing and how every, like, I mean, so many, 
people are are trying to like help do something like what they can do to like help make change um where it needs to be made and they're doing what they can right so like mm. i'm an artist so i'm just trying to use art in the way that i know that maybe can get people either help help them like heal a little bit spread some love and also like spread awareness when i do the installation like have the discussion with people that this is this is what happens right like our whole community is is uh is going to be dealing with this forever like these kids the parents the teachers the staff the 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 people who live in the in Parkland and in Coral Springs, it's like it's like a ripple, right? Yeah. And every every city, like I mean, you live in Texas, right? So like every city that we that that these that these are happening in, <laughs> yeah, it's leaving it's leaving uh, just a trail of like sadness and and then now in New Zealand, you know. Mm. We'll be right back. Today's episode is sponsored by Pitney Properties. Pitney Properties provides real estate services to buyers and sellers located in and around the Houston area. Having been raised in Texas, LeVon Pitney is incredibly well-versed in the area's housing market and always manages to find her clients those hidden gems that other agents tend to overlook. LeVon's relentless style and integrity allow her to hold client satisfaction at her highest priority. She works hard to make the entire home buying and selling experience as is productive and enjoyable as possible. Whether her clients are first-time buyers or seasoned investors, LeVon works tirelessly to accommodate their needs and exceed their expectations. To learn more about LeVon's real estate services, please don't hesitate to call her today at 713-805-8871. That's 713-805-8871. Or contact LeVon at sold at pitneyproperties.com. ask you nicole um since you are back living in the community and and you've been very close to what's been going on around there for the last year and of course you have your hearts project you've also seen a lot of other things going on uh, other people lending support to the community um what what um I guess advice or what what have you seen maybe that kind of stands out to you that that people can do to to contribute to um helping their community in times of of tragedy like this um i mean i just i hope that no community ever has to deal with a tragedy like sure, this sure, yeah. um but that's kind of one of the things that um Manuel Oliver, who his son Joaquin was was killed at Douglas. Mm. Him and his him and his wife Patricia, they um, they started a nonprofit called Change the Rest. I don't know if you heard about it. No. Um, so Manuel and Patricia, they they um, so what Manuel does is he's also like an art. He's like an activist also, and he um, does these amazing live live painting performance on like a piece of it's like a piece of wood and i'll actually i'll send you a video of it and maybe you might want to talk to him like um he's going to be at my at, i'm having um an art show mm-hmm. uh, it's called the healing hearts art show in new orleans mm-hmm. and he's actually going to be there on may 1st wonderful and yeah he, i would like to talk yeah. to him Mm-hmm. And he's gonna he's gonna do the the performance the live painting, yeah. but something that he said um, at there was a, a music festival a music and food festival in Parkland last September called Actions for Change, mm-hmm. and 
it's, it was the first year of it and they raised money and they're trying, you know, it started after the shooting, of course, and <clears throat> Manuel did his, Michael Franze was there actually with Spearhead and um, Alyssa Milano came and spoke and it was, uh, I did the heart installation and um, Manuel did his performance piece on stage, but something that he said that like really, um, like his whole performance is so powerful and emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that he said was that, you know, we, li- we live in Parkland, Florida, right? I grew up in Coral Springs. I went to school at Douglas. You know, it's a very uh, nice community, Parkland, Coral Springs. Like uh, we have Mullins Park. It's a very like, you know, you don't ever really think anything's going to happen there. And his thing was, like, after Sandy Hook and after Columbine, nobody did anything. None of the parents in in Parkland did anything because it didn't happen to them, right? Hmm. And his his whole, his whole, the the thing that he said that struck me so hard was he wishes that he would have done something. Hmm. You know, not that he doesn't know that it would have made a difference. But he just wishes that he would have done something because now his son is dead, right? And so his whole, like, the change of the rest and everything that they're doing now is for everybody else's children. Hmm. So everyone else's children, so no no other parent has to deal with what they're dealing with. Hmm. And um, I think that that is a really a powerful thing to say, and it's a very important thing for other communities to hear because you don't think it's going to happen to your community, but you don't know that it, we don't, you know, you never know. And it's, it's like, it's kind of, uh, it's fear. It's like fearful and it's frightening, but, um, it's something that we need to like, it's like just reality, right? It's just real. It's like, it could happen anywhere. And so I think that what people can do is just try to um, make sure people are voting and, you know, get out there and and talk about uh, common sense gun laws and make sure that your city and your state has the red flag laws uh, because that's something something here that that was not in place that could have possibly saved the school from from this tragedy was um, if the red flag law was in place before it is, they, 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 they put it in place now after. Yeah. After the um, fact. After the fact. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but I think some of the things that are happening here are more of the moms are joining like moms in action. Mm-hmm. And um, those are, those are some good things that moms can do. And um, there's a lot of art that's happening, like, um, around. And there's, there's also a lot of therapy for the kids. And I think that's something that's important for even um, for cities and communities that have not, have, have not had a tragedy. Because um, I think that the, the kids now have to do these code red drills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here in Broward County, they this year they changed it that they do the code red drills every month. So mm-hmm. once a month, um, my six-year-old has to hide in a bathroom in his classroom with his teacher and all the kids in the dark. Wow. Um, freaking out, like most of them crying and asking like, why would somebody want to kill and hurt a child? Mm. Yeah. So I think that like a lot of the children and a lot of the teenagers, like as much as they want to say that they're okay with doing these drills or I, I, I think that they might need to like talk about it or deal with that. Just even that alone, I feel like is, um, is, is like can cause you know anxiety and, and yeah. 
some things for the kids. That's a great point. Yeah, because that can be so easily overlooked that, you know, we have these, well, when I was growing up, it was tornado drills and that kind of stuff. And, you know, that was pretty easy to understand. Uh, Right. But this is not, this is not for for a child. And, and, yeah, why why should I be scared of, of being shot? I'm just going to school, you know, doing doing what I'm, I'm supposed to be doing. And, and man, that is a tragic, tragic reality of, of what's going on uh, in it today's is. world. And, and I, I guess um, I wanted to just touch on, a, on another quote I read from you. Uh, Nicole said, this time is a bit different, however. I think you were referring to the uh, Las Vegas shooting. Uh, you said this time is a bit different. However, I believe it might be the tipping point for all of us. And um, yeah, this was that that was written after the Douglas shooting. Oh, I, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, I wrote that the, that was in the call for heart. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, so maybe expand on on that a little bit, um, or or maybe we already have in, in what we were talking about, uh, the especially the part about the tipping point for all of us. So I I I'm hoping, and I and I really. I think that we, um, as like a collective, have to like be aware and like, you know, we we kind of have to see that that there's something going on here, right? Like something's wrong, and we can't just keep putting band-aids on it. Like on Wednesday here in Florida, they're going to vote on whether or not they want to allow teachers to have guns in school, not just the security guards. They want to allow the teachers to carry guns. And that vote's coming up right now. I mean, this is... Right now, on Wednesday. Either we're going to go one way or the other, right? Like, all the teachers are going to carry guns, and they might just shoot some more kids if if they get... You know, I mean, the teachers here in Florida, they, there's a track record. There's, there's a, I, I don't, I'm sure in all the states, there's teachers who are a little racist and a little um, not all together. So, like, you're going to have these certain people carrying guns in school with your kid, and I don't know how that would make anybody feel safer. Yeah. So, I, I just... I don't know. And I think you're right. I mean, I haven't studied the subject that close of teachers carrying guns. I know I've read little bits here and there. um, And certainly there's arguments for, you know, countries where guns are outlawed and and the murder rates and that sort of thing, that big, big debate on guns in in and of itself. But I, I don't I don't think there's a lot of data to to analyze about teachers carrying guns, because I just don't. I don't think that that exists. Um, no, it doesn't. Yeah, I don't think it yes, really does. Uh, yeah, that's that's that. If they vote yes, that's a huge unknown that that um, we're diving into. But even the police, like, I mean, the the when you talk to people about it, uh, when, like the, re, the 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 articles that I read about it, and even police officers say it would make their job more difficult. Mm. No, knowing who, you know what I mean? So if the teacher has a gun or even for the teacher, it would make the job more difficult, like having to shoot their own student if it's the student with the gun or like what if they accidentally kill another student? I don't know. There's just so many variables that can happen that are just, it's like just putting a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. In I'm, my opinion, you yeah. know, there's, there's, there's other ways, there's other things that need to get done. And it's kind of like, I just feel like they're they're trying to do all these other things and saying like, oh, well, we're gonna do this now, but but there's there's an underlying part of it, you know, and it's just common sense gun laws, and and there's also uh, mental health care, and there's certain things that like that we need to actually talk about, and and need, it needs to be discussed, and and I think like. For, for a lot of like the moms demand action and a lot of a lot of um, people who want common sense gun laws, it's not that we want to go and like take everybody's guns, you know. Mm. And I think that's where like the NRA and some of the 
Republicans and the GOP, like they try to, to say like, oh, they're just want to come take your guns and that it, it causes like a fear where that's not, that's not what, what anybody's saying, you yeah. know? Yeah. Maybe the um, two sides. Just so hopefully, yeah. uh, hopefully, I guess your question about the tipping point, like, I mean, maybe I was just being optimistic. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. know? Because now with this, this new law that they want to pass on Wednesday, I'm like, I, it kind of, it kind of takes it into another direction. Like, yeah. I guess it could go either way. Yeah. It, yeah. One way or another, it, it is definitely, uh, um, there is a definite possibility of it being a tipping point. So, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> quote, yeah. quote, well taken. But, um, so hopefully we will, hopefully, hopefully we will learn from our, from these, from these tragedies and not just, I mean, imagine like had they done something after the 20 something six year olds were killed at Sandy Hook. Yeah. Like I have a six year old right now and like I couldn't even imagine what what that was like for them in that community. Yeah. You know, and those parents are still I mean, they're still fighting for for, for things to to happen. And so I guess it just makes more uh activists and you know, it, it makes people wanna be more involved. Certainly. And Hopefully, like, and I think, like, that's what Manuel Oliver is saying is, like, don't wait until it comes to your community before you get involved to change what's happening in other communities. Yeah, be proactive. Nicole, um... <laughs> like a little depressed, <laughs> No, no, no. No, it's good conversation. Good conversation. Um, yeah. um, terrible topic, but, you know, relevant yeah. for sure, for sure. And so, yeah, and that's part of it for me. It's like, it's so emotional and heavy. And it's like, uh, sometimes I, I kind of am wondering, like, is this the right thing for me to be doing? Because yeah. I'm so sensitive to, to it. And so, uh, and I, and I feel like it's helping and, I, and it's healing, but then, you know, like, it takes me like going to school, going to the school and working with the students. It's, it, it's, it's like, I'm still thinking about it. You yeah. know, it's like still kind of like there, like the, 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 the things that I, you know, the stories and the things that I saw or heard and stuff like that. So it's kind of, um, trying to be proactive and, and, and go out there and like, you know, try to make a difference, I guess. And you, you are certainly doing that. And we want to do our part, Nicole. We want to help out on your cron. So um, anything that you would like to send that we can post on our website, um, pictures, um, any, any organizations that people may want to contribute to, certainly sending the hearts and building up the hearts, anything at all, Please send it to me and be more than happy to to put it on our website and, and uh, oh, help out you. any way we can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, and just to touch on that for a second, uh, do you want to tell uh, our listeners how they can see your hearts or, or connect with you? Um, sure. So I have a Facebook page um, and it's, Healing Hearts Project Part Two, um, the number two, and um, I also have an Instagram. It's Healing Hearts Project Two, and uh, the number two also. Um, I will be in New Orleans in the end of April and May. Like so, all the events will be on the Facebook page, so they can just you know go check that and see. Awesome. where the hearts will be. Um, I have a few places that um, I'm trying to, uh, we're like discussing for me to go to. And so uh, hopefully that will happen. Wonderful. Okay. So that is Healing Hearts Project 2, the number two on Instagram and it's, Facebook. Did I say that right? Yeah, on Instagram. yeah that's on Instagram. Okay. And then Healing Hearts Project 
part two is on Facebook. Part two. Correction, part yeah, two right. on Facebook. Okay. And we'll, of course, have that on the Yercron website. So, um, well, we, we come now to uh, what I like to call the, the legacy question. Um, and uh, th- this, is, this has just been a wonderful um, experience speaking with you, Nicole, and, and such a great thing that you're doing for the world, really. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing uh, that you're doing it through art and very, very inspiring. So uh, along those lines of, th- of thinking of your legacy, if, say, in 100 years, someone um, from your extended, extended family, for example, they're listening to this recording, what would you like them to know about you, about your life, or, or perhaps anything at all, or even about Douglas High School? So it's funny because I had never, when you had mentioned this question when we, when we emailed, I had never thought like at all about any kind of legacy, like in a hundred years or 50 years. <laughs> um, I think that I'm fully always like my, my, the way that I think is like fully in the moment, you know, so even like five years from now, I, I'm <laughs> I'm not one of those like planners, like in five years from now, right. I'm going to be, you know what I mean? Right, so, right. And, and I don't know if that, so I don't know if that started in high school. Like, so my experience at Douglas, um, what there was some traumatic experiences that happened at Douglas when I was at school there, where um, at a young age, when, we, when I was 15, actually, five of my friends died in a car accident. Mm. and um and so for for a lot of us that was our first experience with death mm-hmm. and that changed us completely so i think like um having had that experience uh kind of put me in this mindset of like always living in the moment because you never know what is going to happen tomorrow and um like the whole be here now you know, mantra. So also, um, when I was 17, my best friend from elementary school, he killed himself Mm. with a a gun. And so I feel like the whole, my, my deep connection with this gun, um, situation, I, I actually just realized it because it was, um, on March 4th was actually, um, 26 years that he had he, John, my friend John had killed himself mm. and I I hadn't thought about it before that day, like, you know, just a few weeks ago but um, you know, because suicide is a very I mean, his was accidental mm. but um, you know, being able to get a gun is part of like the common sense gun laws Right, like so, like to make sure people have their guns locked away. Yeah. If you have a gun in your house, um, yeah. so your kids can't get it. And um, he actually knew the the code to his dad's safe, and that's how he got the gun. But I think that um, having like experienced a lot of death, like another friend died in a car accident. So like every year of my high school at Douglas was like tragedy after tragedy sort of thing and so um coming back here was already like a much like kind of difficult for me to come back to Florida and then this happened and so it's kind of um you know it's, it's I think for a lot of us that went to school there it's it's it's, it's kind of um brings up a lot so as far as like talking about Douglas like as, as much as um I I wanted to leave Douglas when I was there. You know, I mean, you're in high school. I think I, I, I imagine like most kids can't wait to like get out of, of school. For sure. <laughs> um, that was me. <laughs> you know, I, I, as much as I, like I played basketball, I was on the basketball team and um, I, I didn't realize like how much, um, I mean, I, I'm still connected to a lot of our friends, I think, because of all of the accidents that happened. Um, a lot of us have 
kept in touch uh, and we were, we became very close because of it. And, um, you know, when I moved to New York City, like a lot of the people that I met in, in Pratt, at, when I was at Pratt, they, most, a lot of people don't, like they didn't keep in touch with like high school friends where a lot of us kept in touch. And I think it's because of that. And so there was this connection to our school, which even though it was like kind of um, had a lot of tragic in it, there was still like so much like learning about life and like love and friendship and um, just a community, right? So like we, so I feel like Douglas has that about it. Um, if I was going to talk about Douglas, yeah, there's just a special. Um, it's, it's, it was a really like wonderful school, even yeah. though I couldn't wait to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so as far as if like somebody was listening to this in a hundred years, um, I guess I would just want, um, I would want them to know that I'm trying to like use my art and my voice to to just try to make it it a better place and um, a better place for my son and for all his children um, and his children and their children and so on. Each generation. And each generation. And so I. I hadn't really ever thought about that until you mentioned it. <laughs> so, so it's it's um, so hard for me to like fathom really, like a hundred yeah. years from now. <laughs> well, it's something to sleep on. But it's, a, it's a great question. <laughs> like it's a really good question, you know. Yeah. I actually I mentioned it to my husband, and I was like, I've never even thought of that, and he was like, Really? I think about that all the time. <laughs> Well, the idea came to me, actually, actually, it came to me uh, from one of my guests when uh, early on when I was uh, starting the show, and, and I thought about it a lot, too, and I thought, because he used it as a reason for coming on the show, you know, he said, yeah, I'd like to come on, because I'd like for my grandkids to hear this someday, and their kids, and I thought, wow, what a interesting idea to, you know, if I could hear my great great grandfather, for example, if I could hear his voice tell a story about something, well, in my case, it'd be World War II or something that happened to him. Right. You know, instead of just seeing pictures and journals, but actually hear his voice and the inflections in his voice and, you know, just telling the story. And so, uh, so yeah, I kind of like wrapping up my podcasts with, uh, with that question. And, uh, um, you know, given my guests a chance to to leave that answer. So um, perhaps we can have you on another time and uh, maybe have some more to elaborate to to that uh, question. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely a good question. It's something I think that I'm gonna now I'm gonna think about it more often, like uh, uh, have more intention for it. You know, because. Cause I mean, I do have a son and, and so I think like, I think he's kind of the reason, the reason for, for me to try to continue this project is like, and, and keep it going is, uh, is partly like, you know, seeing him go to school and having to bring him to school every day. It's, it's, um, and for all the parents, it's, I'm sure it's not, it's something that they think about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, and so, it's not, I, so, and we can, we can only, we can do as much as we can do. I mean, some of us have our, our art and you have your podcast and others have uh, the ability to go to Washington DC and meet with Congress or they have, um, funds, they have money that they can, you know, help other people or they can um, write, write articles or write, you know, books about it. And so I think like we all, we all can, can just do 
as much as we can and 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 then hopefully all of what we're doing is is making it better <laughs> absolutely absolutely right? we're all in this together for sure for sure holding it all that we can wish for well, Nicole, so. well Nicole thank you so much for being a guest on your cron I, I really enjoyed that I know it's a <clears throat> a tough subject and uh and uh, like I said, you, you, what you're doing is, is a beautiful thing and um, can't thank you enough for that and, and for coming on here tonight and, and telling your story. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, I really appreciate it. I appreciate that you made a heart and it was really awesome that you did that. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, because not everybody, I mean, as many, as, as many people have made hearts, um, a lot of people want to. And so then they, I feel like they're kind of, some people are like, I don't even, I don't know how to sew or so I appreciate that you like went for it, you know? Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So shout out to all the Yurkron <laughs> and listeners. That, and that your wife helps you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again, Nicole. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Did I answer all your questions? Like You did beautiful. Okay. Thanks so much, Scott. <laughs>